welcome to God versus God, the show where we, well, where we used to pit God's head to head to find out the perfect candidate to come back and save this troubled world. But this season, uh, we're doing something a little different. Uh, first, as some of you may know, my co-host, Matt, had to step back for some uh, complicated reasons. Uh, there are rumors going around that he is uh, doing a bed in for peace, but we cannot confirm or deny any of those rumors. Uh, so we're doing a bit of a zag this season. I'm going to explore the Japanese pantheon with that cavalcade of guest hosts, starting with my lovely wife, Anna. Welcome, Anna. Thank you, Andrew. I have never been part of a cavalcade before, so <laughs> this is exciting for me. Good. <laughs> it's exciting for all of us. I, I have also never been part of a cavalcade, so here we go. Um, so the other difference is we're going to go full Rex Factor format, which some of you may or may not know, but that is we're going to rate the gods instead of pitting them head to head. Uh, so I'll explain that part of it when we get to the ratings. Uh, but other than that, um, you know, I want to note that as some Japanologists may know, the Japanese gods are not really uh, fully retired. The relationship to uh, the mythological gods and modern Shinto Ism is is complicated, um, but these gods are survivors, so uh, their st- stories deserve extra respect. And we're really calling on these Japanese gods to be ambassadors to our burgeoning pantheon, and you know, help show them the modern ropes. So, Anna, are you ready to save the world one episode at a time? I'm certainly ready to save them this episode. So <laughs> that's all. That's all we're asking. That's all we can do. One episode at a time. Great. Uh, so this is episode one of season three, Japanese myths. The gods must be rated. So here we go. Let me introduce our first god, and that is Izanagi. Um, He's we're starting close to the beginning, but not quite the beginning. Izanagi is the co-creator god of Japan. Um, And I say near the beginning because Izanagi was born as the seventh generation of Japanese gods. However, the first first six generations don't really seem to have done that much, or at least they didn't have very good publicists because we don't know anything that they did other than uh, begat the next generation, uh, you know, which, which is something. So they got that done. Um, and I say co-creator because Izanagi was co-creator along with his sister, Izanami. So we're going to discuss her a lot, uh, in this episode. Um, in terms of etymology, the most common theory they have is that Izanagi means he who invites or he who beckons, while his sister's is a Nami, her name means she who invites or, or she who beckons. Um, little symmetry there. And in addition to he who beckons, Izanagi has a few other epithets or titles. Uh, he is the father of Japan. He is the all-father 
and he is also known as the Lord of Creation. So those are pretty good, pretty good titles. So, do you, what I don't know where the beckoning fits in with that because some of the secondary titles seem like there's more to them. Um, they seem like what you would list first on your resume <laughs> rather than beckoning. So is this divine beckoning, celestial well, beckoning? We're, we're going to get to the beckoning uh, of soon uh, here. Uh, but first, before we get to the beckoning, uh, I sent you earlier, Anna, a, a picture of Izanami, and I would like you to open that now and give a description for our listeners of uh, Izanami, or is it Izanami and Izanagi? Yes, because there appears to be both of them. Right. Um, and they uh, appear to be sort of hovering above um, a very lovely ocean in some kind of dense yes. clouds. So there's sort of a celestial vibe happening. Um, he is wearing some pants that I <laughs> uh, I like. They have kind of a Victorian bloomer feeling yeah. to them um but they're fairly elegant and a a jacket um wrapped around him with what appears to be a sword um at the belt and a very impressive what i at first took to be um a pole for moving a flat bottom boat um, <laughs> like one would see in in some yep. of the university towns in england but is actually a very long um spear with with quite a wicked looking blade at the end um and he and his sister are looking down and he appears to be menacing something below Um, so i'm not getting a lot of beckoning from this either i know you said we'd get to that but it definitely seems to be uh more of a, a hostile pose and and he appears to be a younger man um in the prime of health uh with some some excellent full head of hair full head of hair yes and some nice facial hair as well so he seems like someone you wouldn't want to mess with but you might want to go have a drink with yeah he 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 definitely has a a bonhomie he's got that the outfit is looks pretty it you said it's elegant and is elegant but it also looks uh, pretty comfy uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, looks pretty l- relaxed. Uh, so I will tell you what, what we're seeing here is they are on the bridge of heaven. Uh, and that is Izanami and Izanagi. And we will get to, uh, that spear, which you mentioned, uh, w- that's what he's dipping in there. And, uh, the sword is also going to come up, uh, later a couple times in our, in our story. So there's, there's a little bit of foreshadowing, uh, in this image. So, but you get more of a martial sort of deity than a benevolent um, beckoner. Yeah, that that he he definitely is, is going to have uh, the martial side, uh, and a bit of a temper we're going to see too. Uh, so at the time, at this time, uh, the gods all they all when Izanami and Izanagi are created, all the gods live in heaven and earth existed. Uh, so the Izanami and Izanagi did not create the earth, but uh, the earth is, is well, kind of a, a bit crap. So it, it's it's uh, what I could gather and what you sort of see in this image 
is that the Earth at that time was a stormy, landless, primordial ocean, but not no real land on it. So, so very chaotic uh, in contrast to the peacefulness of heaven and order. Um, so the older generations of gods called a council together where they say, you know, we need to make some improvements down on Earth. We need to clean the place up a bit, uh, maybe raise the real estate value a little bit. Um, put in some infrastructure. And and when we say we, really, what we mean is Izanagi and Izanami, you guys should go down and do it. Uh, so, but they do give the two a tool to help them accomplish this task, and that is the divine spear uh, that, that we just saw. So, uh, you know, and apparently given that Sigmund Freud uh, was a long, long way from being bored. The Elder Gods didn't want to take any chances that someone might miss the symbolism of uh, that long spear that you, you described. Uh, they, they called it the Bald Spear of Heaven, and then the Elder Gods made sure that there were two jeweled tassels hanging off the back end of the spear, just so nobody missed that there was a, a little bit of symbolism going on there. So Izanagi and Izanami go down to the floating bridge of heaven, and they dip the spear into that swirling brine. So that's what we're seeing in that image, live action or action of, you know, dipping that spear into the brine. And when he lifts it out, uh, the salt from the tip of the spear forms the very first island of Japan. Um, there, there's also some symbolism to a salty dripping off the end of the spear. That is not, I think, a challenging connection <laughs> to make to some other um, symbolism. So no. it's, it's it's nice that the that it's not too difficult to connect the dots and the, the creation. Um, yeah, this... uh, under under uh, tone to that. Now, yeah, the subtlety was in in this part where they weren't hadn't quite built up uh, yet. They they wanted to be real direct, so, so everybody knew uh, what was going on. Um, and so, so they have the tassel. They they make the island, and then the the pair go down, and they're going to live on, on the island. They're the first inhabitants of of Japan. Um, you know, and, and handling that unsubtle sphere has given Izanagi some. Idea. So he, he turns to his sister and he says, uh, how, how are you formed? And she says, well, I, I, I have uh, an empty space in, in front. How about you? And he says, I stick out a little bit in front. Uh, do you want to make offspring this way? <laughs> that, that's so this is where this is the beckoning. <laughs> we're at the we're at the beckoning part. And and I there there's a book that I purchased uh, when when my daughter was about ten that I think would have helped them figure <laughs> out the beckoning um, in a more age appropriate way. Uh, <laughs> right. But but they they worked with what they had. Yeah. So that's that's excellent. Just has a little yeah little blue lagoon vibes sort of to it. Uh, a movie I've actually seen. Shamefully, because in the early days of cable, there wasn't a lot on and there wasn't a lot of supervision. So <laughs> I get that reference. Yeah. Um, hopefully yeah. the listeners either either get it or will look up that movie um, and and find somewhere to stream it. <laughs> yeah. Or not. not. Yeah, or not. Or not. Yeah, you, can, you can you can you know read the synopsis 
Uh, you, you probably get, get the reference from that. Wikipedia's got you. You don't. You don't actually have to watch it. Yep. Uh, so, so she says, "All right." He says, "You want to make offspring this way?" And she says, "Okay, that sounds good." Uh, so they decide to to get married. Uh, you know, brother and sister and their gods. So that's how how they do things. Um, and they have a ceremony where they walk around a column in the middle, uh, just keeping the symbolism going. Uh, and at the cer- ceremony, Izanami, uh, the sister, she speaks first, addressing Izanagi as a fine boy. Uh, now, Izanagi, uh, he's a little put out that, that she spoke first. Uh, he feels like he should have, but he does return the comp- compliment and they go straight into the consummation. And their first, she, he he tells her she's a fine boy. Uh, she he says you're a fine girl. Okay, says you're a fine girl. That's the ceremony. Uh, and, and and they're married. Go straight into the consummation. And then shortly thereafter, their first child is born. Um, but this child is born without any bones. Uh, so they name him Hiruku, uh, which means leech child. And then they chuck him out to sea. So uh, now, uh, not a great start in terms of health outcomes or in terms of, of parenting. Uh, but do put a, you know, I guess a underline under Hiruku because he does come back and, and does uh, become a deity in his own right. Just a bit of a tough start for him. So was there any discussion of what to do with a leech child, because I feel like there weren't a lot of examples over what's desirable in an infant. So perhaps they could have kept their leech child, but was there kind of a consensus that leech children are are not where it's at and you should be chucking it out to see promptly? Or was there any was I, there any conflict over that? Like like there was, for example, with Hephaestus in in the Greek myth? No there, yeah, there was no no recorded conflict. They just uh, checked him out to see, uh, decided to try again. And this time the child was seafoam. Uh, so they're like, this, this isn't working out. So this is where at the second time they, they go back, uh, and they, they speak to the elder gods and, and ask for advice. And so th- this is ancient times, um, and have ancient times standards. So they say, uh, the council says, you know, the problem was that is an army that she spoke first. That that breaking all protocol. Uh, now the developmental science of this is not really clear, but uh, in any case, Izanagi and Izanami say, "All right, let, let's do a vow renewal ceremony uh, again." And Izanagi, you get to speak first, and then we'll go back and we'll we'll, we'll try to have some more offspring. And this time, it does seem to work uh, because Izanami starts giving birth to all of the Japanese islands mountains and rivers now of course that you know that sounds fairly uncomfortable uh but i think the way it's generally thought of is that izanami is giving birth to the deities or the spirits known as kami of those islands and mountains and rivers and and they're going to go on to to form them uh not giving birth to actual islands but though we, we don't know um so things are going well. The couple's happy. Uh, they're getting along. Um, and Izanami gets pregnant again. Um, this time with Kadaguchi. Uh, 
um, who is the god of fire. So, and this one doesn't go so well. Um, in fact, during childbirth, Izanami is, is burned and injured uh, and during Kagutsuchi's birth and and she's she's dying um, but you know champ deity that she is she gives birth to the the god of water and, and tells him to keep keep an eye on, out for his brother uh, Kagutsuchi the, the god of fire and then uh, and then Izanami dies now Izanagi is enraged. He does not have any experience uh, with death, and this this is going to show. Uh, he, he's enraged. He, he he doesn't know what's going on. Uh, so he lashes out, uh, grabs his sword, and beheads Kagutsuchi, the baby. Uh, and so <laughs> blood of the fire god is spread over the land of Japan. And new deities are born from this blood, including lightning deities, mountain deities, and volcanoes are born, uh, you know, because this science. And, and so, so this myth is a big deal. We get fire, we get water, we get volcanoes, and we get death all brought into the world uh, from this story. I have questions. All right, go ahead. Yes. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Questions. So you may there you may not know the answer to this but if this is the first experience of death what did they think happened to the leech baby when it was chucked into the sea was it more I don't think that was discussed okay it was more just <laughs> you don't you, you don't have to go home but you can't stay here so yes. just um yes. and so when the water deity was born it sounds twin like with the fire deity yeah, and then the blood of the fire deity spreads. There is the water deity just hanging out because it seems like there's a role to play there um, in maybe tempering some of the fire uh, swooping out over the land. That then water deity was just like, you know, I'll be in my room, Dad. Let me, let me yeah. go. I, yeah, I mean, I, the the his level of developmental. Uh, age is not really given so and and in fact kagutsuchi is, is I, I believe depicted as a baby so he, okay. wa- water deity he might be a little 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 much to ask for him at, at this point so so the 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 action was beheading a baby yes i uh, i need i need to understand this for any future character discussions yeah, that may no, come no, yeah. up i need to understand if yeah. it's if it's looking at a baby and making that decision yeah okay. yeah that's 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 what happened yeah so uh you know so so for izanagi uh is, is a tragedy as i said you know death isn't really a thing uh before there though the, there's going to be some inconsistencies when we get through this story but uh but izanagi wasn't just going to sit there and take it uh even after his temper tantrum what he decides to do is he's going to go search for his wife now his wife is, was buried but uh, he's searching for her spirit. Um, and eventually, he, you know, through trials, tribulations, uh, he finds her in the land of the dead, uh, an underworld known in Japanese mythology as the Yomi, um, where Izanami has taken up residence 
in the darkened hall of the spirits of the dead. Uh, so Izanagi uh, calls her out when he gets down there, and she's she hears him, and she is impressed by the effort that he has made and wants to return with him. Uh, but unfortunately, she's already eaten uh, when she's down there in the underworld. And, uh, you know, she maybe heard some of those Greek stories and isn't sure uh, that she can leave now. Uh, so she tells Izanagi, all right, just wait right there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go consult with some of my new spirit friends, uh, maybe take a peek at the uh, handbook for the recently deceased, uh, see if there's a loophole. Uh, so you just wait here in, in, in the waiting room of the land of the Hall of the Spirits of the Dead. You know, of course, if this was the first death, it's, I'm not sure why there are other spirits of the dead there. But I maybe it's just Izanagi wasn't really familiar with this, uh, with this occurrence. It's not something that happened to the gods, at least. So, so they're not immortal. Uh, not no, not entirely. Cer- certainly, uh, is is Izanami uh, is not immortal, and I believe that Kagutsuchi does come back even after the beheading. Uh, but that's going to be a story for. For another day, and and I, as I said, definitely uh, Leech Baby does come back. Uh, so Leech so Le- Baby is not dead. Leech Baby is not trucking dead. into the sea is not necessarily it's it's not as guaranteed a death sentence as beheading is. Um, no. Yes. So so perhaps the people the the spirits in the land of the dead are more kind of permanent residents who, yeah. who never were alive. They're just kind of there, like the staff at a oh. hotel, right? You don't know <laughs> how they got there. Right. Um, you maybe, don't see maybe. them come and go, but they're there when you show up. Maybe they, they, you do get the impression that Izanagi, he's not all knowing, so there could be things going on, and Izanagi's just not not paying attention. But he doesn't know. This was his first experience with death, so and he doesn't like it. Uh, so, but it takes a while 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 uh, Izanami's consulting with her spirit friends, you know, and there's no cell phones for Izanagi to doom scroll or or to play a game on. So he, he gets a little bored and, and he decides. All right, I see what's going on. So he, he takes a comb out of that lustrous hair that, that you noticed uh, that's holding his locks in place, and he breaks off a tooth of, of the comb and lights it on fire as a torch. Uh, so, you know, there's some questions about the size of this so-called torch or alternatively the size of the comb, but uh, regardless, he's got the comb tooth torch, and that allows Izanagi enough light to kind of get his first good look at his surroundings and his first good look at his wife since she's been deceased. And, and there have been some changes, none of which are uh, to the better, uh, because her, her face and her flesh are rotting off of her. Uh, there are maggots coming out of her face, we're told there are eight thundering demon spirits coming out of her rib cage. Um, so she's, she's had, she's gone through some things. Uh, and Izanagi, you know, has a quick think about it and decides that, you know, maybe that death to us part, uh, seems like a, an optimal policy now that he really thinks about it. 
And he turns for the door and just starts running. So his wife, Izanami, sees this and, and she's, she's offended. Uh, you know, she, she's sort of, she's been, uh, embarrassed by him revealing her in her less than best state. And, uh, he has frankly, uh, ungallant reaction. She's not happy about it. So she sends what in the translation of the ancient text that I had calls, uh, hag spirits after Izanagi. Um, and seeing this, Izanagi again reaches into his hair, and this time he pulls out a little twig and turns those into bunches of grapes and throws those behind himself. Uh, yeah, and so one can imagine that the Yomi is short on fresh fruit uh, because the hag spirits immediately descend upon the grapes, stop pursuing Izanagi, and eat them up, and he keeps running. Uh, but after that, uh, they're back on Izanagi's trail, um, but he's got more good, more goodies stored up in his mandu, uh, and he pulls out another comb and throws that to, to the ground, and from that, delicious, tender bamboo shoots spring from the ground, and the spirits harvest stop to uh, stop to harvest the bamboo shoots. Um, but unfortunately for for Izanagi, the eight thunder spirits from Izanami's rid ribcage are also in pursuit uh, with an army of the dead following behind them. So... Do they want some nachos? It seems like snack-based defense. (laughs) I don't know how he figured that out, but you know, you've got to up your game. Maybe some pretzel bites, maybe some Gardetto snackins would stop the army of the dead. Um, It's not really the go-to weaponry that you think of. Um, No, no. Well, he's he's remembered that... I, I do have a sword. Uh, it's not just uh, food-related items in my hair. Uh, so he, he takes out his sword, uh, waves it behind him as he continues uh, to book it towards the exit of the cave. So he's just sort of fending them off uh, with with the sword at this point. Uh, and he finally reaches uh, the land of the li- living. And right there at the end exit of the cave um, is a peach tree. And Izanagi grabs three peaches from the tree and and turns and quote uh struck a threatening pose holding the peaches like he's gonna chuck them at them so the eight thunder spirits and what what we're told is 1500 undead soldiers seeing that izanagi has three threatening stone fruits ready to fly they turn tail and flee back into the yomi they don't want. They don't want any any part of those uh, those peaches. So, yeah, I mean, it does seem like the the Pentagon has been woefully neglecting the the potential of uh, yeah. Well, various, as you know, various fruits and vegetables. Well, um, as you know, I didn't like, realize they were so intimidating. Yeah, as you know, like peaches do have kind of a, a fuzzy kidney fur. Uh, I do not care for them for that reason. And certainly I could be repelled with really just one peach. Um, How many hag spirits you think are the equivalent of me um, or how much army of the, the undead that's, that's still to be quantified, but certainly their, their fuzzy skin is enough to send me back to whatever other underworlds um, I was coming from. 
Yeah, so they're obviously, uh, I also say that neither the, the Thunder Spirits nor the, the Army of the Undead are very good at math uh, because uh, you know, maybe they thought that uh, Izanagi, uh, you know, really could, could chuck it, but, but he's only got three of them. But uh, from that day, we do find that Peaches become sacred to Izanagi because uh, they defended him from the Army of the Dead. Uh, so he's there. He's he's at the cave entrance. Maybe maybe panting, making some pronouncements pronouncements over the peach tree, thanking it. Um, and then he hears his wife Izanami. She's finally come decided to come up herself towards uh, the cave exit. Uh, you know, probably cursing her undead army. Uh, Izanagi grabs a huge boulder that we are told would take a thousand men to move and shoves it in front of the cave entrance, separating the world of the living and the dead irrevocably. And Izanami announced, or Izanami says that if if he keeps the boulder there, that's that's a divorce. And at this point, uh, Izanagi, he, he's fine with that. So, uh, but then Izanami says, in retribution, she will claim a thousand lives of humans a day for the land of the undead. Uh, and Izanagi says, okay, fine. Well, I will cause 1,500 new ones to be born every day, so we're not going to run out. Um, and, and apparently Izanagi wasn't yet familiar with exponential growth, but uh, certainly Izanagi kept uh, kept the upper hand in that one for for a long time, um, having escaped the underworld and sealed it off from the land of the living. Izanagi wants to wash off the grime and the impurities of the yomi, uh, so he washes his right eye, and the goddess of the sun, Amaterasu, is born. He washes his left eye, and the god of the moon is born. And then he blows his nose, and Suzano'o, the god of storms, is born uh, out of this ritual of cleaning and uh, purifying himself. So after his divorce, uh, Izanagi turns over the running of the world. Like he, he's this whole experience has been a bit much for him. Uh, he's going to retire, and he turns his, the world over Japan, over to the next generation, uh, giving his daughter Amaterasu, the goddess of the sun, the prime place. Um, there, there are some mixed results in this handoff that we'll cover in future episodes. Um, but in the ancient text, the Niyogi, we're, we're told that after this, Izanagi, his divine task having been accomplished and his spirit career about to suffer a change, built himself an abode of gloom, quote, on the island of Ahaji, where he dwelt in silence for and concealment forevermore. So while uh, Izanagi retires to the Iwaji, uh, we are going to rate this deity, um, and we'll do that after this break.
All right, before we go into the rating, you you wanted to, you had some some comments on on the co-star of this episode. This is not yeah, a- I just I just want to for my own clarity before we talk about Izanagi, um, just just do the summary of the deal that Izanami got um, as as the spouse of the anti-hero, the, the <laughs> Skylar White um, of this particular story. So she's born, she's divine, she's sent down to this uh, to help create something, uh, not very much. Yep. Um, then she is kind of married to her brother, and gives birth to some not very satisfactory children. And then they consult with with the elder deities who have also apparently consulted with Mike Pence or someone. <laughs> and they decide that her speaking first is the problem. So she yep. takes goes back to her submissive role and is rewarded with the joy of giving birth to some uncomfortable sounding geographic features um and then dies in childbirth has one of her children murdered and after her death is sent to the underworld where her husband would rescue her but she's no longer attractive enough so instead he seals her there forever um and then she's forced to curse the world and then kind of be cursed back so that's that's what she gets out of this deal right more or less yeah okay i just (laughs) i I don't want to evaluate him without you know kind of having the synopsis of what her parallel story is at the same time all right thank you (laughs) so uh, so the categories aren't going to change from our previous seasons uh we moved away from the head-to-head to rating, uh, the ratings we're going to do are going to be on a 1 to 10 scale with 10 being the best and 1 being the worst. Now, it's a little tough uh, when we are starting off at the start of a, a new season because we don't have anybody to compare him to. But, you know, uh, 5 is middling, uh, 10 is great, and 1 is not so good. And, and uh, we'll see how the other deities fit in as we go through the season. So the first category we have is Immortal Combat. And that is who would win, well, not who would win in a fight, but how would he do in a fight? Uh, one to ten, great fighter. Uh, one, not not good at all. Um, so I'll give you what, what I had, and you can ask some questions. Um, so Izanagi, has a, he has a couple things going for him. He, he has like that Batman utility belt in his hair, right? Uh, he's got a torch uh, with mountain grapes, bamboo shoots, you know, and there, there could be more things in there. That's that's just what we know about. Um, he's got what they call the ten hand sword, uh, which is pretty badass. It's so badass that the god of strength is going to be born just from the sword. Uh, and then he has he has the power to move a tremendous boulder, uh, strength of ten thousand men. Um, it, it, he's certainly willing to cast a, a boneless newborn out to sea uh, or, or chop one to pieces with a sword. So he has the willingness to fight. I think we don't need to to doubt that. Uh, but then when he's confronted with Izanami's uh, minions, yeah, Izanagi decides that the discretion 
is the part better part of valor and he turns to make his escape um so with all that um do you have any questions or anything where do you want to put uh izanagi on this as terms of great combatants terrible combatants in a fight he's certainly not going to get a 10 a lot of his tactics do have sort of a, a middle school boy vibe like i'm gonna light something on fire and i'm gonna throw fruit at you um <laughs> while i am running away uh you know i don't know how many points to give someone for defeating a baby um because in my experience uh, that's that's not they're they're not the most skilled fighters um you know you know it seems like he he looks when you look at him like like he would be a soldier he would yeah. be prepared but i i do feel like they're they were sent down without a lot of training um and just kind of figuring out as they no. went along um and so but there is some ingenuity to pulling something out of your hair and yeah. lighting it on fire there's some risk taking there that is admirable but i also feel like the the weaponry was not well deployed yeah. um and that there was a lack of what i will call fortitude in kind of standing <laughs> your ground and and maybe trying to fight some of these um spirits and and other things in the underworld yeah so you know the 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 distracting people with grapes has a little bit of kind of a Scooby Doo <laughs> sort of vibe to it. So I think I'm and I I, I am like the, like the the because I'm the first raider I am yeah. cognizant of not going too high or too low. I think I'm going to give him a five. There's a lot of potential there. There's the weapons. There's the strength, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of strategy um that that makes that effective right. um so right. it could go it's a toss-up i think in any uh battle situation so i'm gonna go with a five yeah I, I think you're right i think you know you could say that he was brave to go into the the yomi the the underworld but you also get the impression maybe he just really had no idea what to expect when he got down there he, he was just more naivety than, than bravery he's just like i'm, I'm gonna go down here so or, or like like a like a college bar at closing time and the lights come on and he wants to get out of there yeah um there there's something certainly a, a lack of of bravery and kind of uh, uh sticking around and and fighting your way out of there with with your with right. your wife so i'm i'm gonna go just a little bit higher he the the he's got that 10 hand sword which he's supposedly pretty good with uh he does have some strength so i'm gonna give him a six so we got a five and a six which is uh 11 um and now we go to our next category which is curriculum deity and that is you know how much would you like to be that deity and or, or or uh how much it factor do they have um and you know, a bit of a mixed bag with with Izanagi. You know, there's, uh, in terms of being him, uh, you know, there's an indeterminate amount of time in in the heavens. Uh, you know, there's hanging around wearing some some comfortable bath where he had some nice clothes. Um, you know, and then he and he and Izanami come down to Earth. Uh, they invent marriage and and sex, and they, and they have some kids. Um, until until of course. Izanami dies and Izanagi basically loses it. Um, he's got some serious 
anger management issues that I see. Um, and then, then the incident uh, goes into the Yomi and that acrimonious uh, divorce that he has. And then he, and then he goes and hands off the reins to, to Japan uh, to his new kids and, and just goes into seclusion um, and, and kind of a, uh, you know, he, he's, he's sort of dead himself, but he's, he's not, it, it's, it's a little ambiguous, um, you know, and then in terms of, of, of worshiping him, uh, there, there are two Izanagi shrines, uh, that are still going today, uh, appropriately, uh, the Taga shrine, um, that is with his wife is They have one that is together and then, they have one big festival at that shrine called the, the Manto Festival. And this is a, a summer festival, which, um, to be honest, is actually mainly dedicated to Izanami uh, because she is now in the Yomi considered to be the protector of people's ancestors in the underworld. And in this ceremony, fire is taken down from the mountains and lit in the shrine and the streets are lit by thousands of paper lanterns. Uh, it's really a beautiful uh, images of this, which actually I'll, I'll probably put up on, on the socials. But uh, again, that's a festival to Izanami, and, and he just kind of happens to be her husband. So uh, not a lot there. So I'll, I'll, I'll do the rating. All right, what you go, go ahead. Do you have anything you want to? Well, I just had a question. Yeah, yeah. So he retires to it's a palace made of gloom. It's is that how it's described? It, the palace it is, of gloom, the gloom palace. Yeah, the gloom palace. Yeah, it it is a gloomy palace of isolation and sort of uh, okay, sort of a sort of a fortress of solitude vibe. Yeah. Um. So before that, when Izanami is still alive, where do they live? What's their sort of situation? Uh so they live on that uh, that first island that they created. Uh, okay. uh, that that is where they are. are um, and, and the name name is escaping me. I go back and find it. But they live on on, on one of the islands uh, on Earth, uh, and that's where they're they're forming Japan. Uh, but is it is it glamping? Is there a, a palace? Is there any description of kind of what the lifestyle was like? What are the amenities of the island? That don't we don't get? I don't believe that there have any description of any of the amenities, but. Uh, they don't really have a retinue. It's just kind of them. It's the you know. So I, I think it, it's maybe glamping at best. Okay. But they don't seem to be mind the the elements at all. There's there's no sort of distress there. They're just kind of in nature. You know, they're they're okay. they are they are in natural. So um, you know, I I th- I think there there's you know there's some good times and and some bad times ultimately kind of a, a tragic end, uh, so for this one, I'm gonna give him a five, kind of right down the middle. I'm gonna go a little higher, okay, because I do think that it's a really significant role to play in the creation of the land. Um, yeah, so I do want to give some credit for being really significant. Um, player in that and the the festival sounds absolutely 
wonderful and kind yeah. of tying together the, the outdoors and the mountains and the fire and all of these things with creation. So I'm just going to go a little higher. I'm going to give a six. Okay. Once again, an 11 for Izanagi. So this one, <laughs> uh, so now we go to good God. And, you know, uh, I think it may be generous to get, give me a generous mixed bag here. Uh, you know, on, on one hand, there is uh, infant abandonment uh, and infant side. Uh, you know, there is the intent of a gallant rescue of of his wife from from the underworld, uh, not pulled off with any success or grace, uh, and then ending quite badly. Um, you know, the 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 early part forming the islands, uh, you know, he, he did it and, and uh, forming Japan. And, and I assume that they were kind of doing the best. They, they wanted to make it as nice a place as possible. So I think they get a, a little bit of credit for that. Uh, you know, that they were trying to make a nice place, make the earth better, more inviting place for uh, people to live, uh, which was kind of their, their mission. On the on the flip side of that, I will say if somebody says, what I'm going to do to you is kill a thousand of your, you know, creation subjects a day. Yeah. One could either take the path of I'm going to try and prevent you from killing these thousand <laughs> people versus like, I'll just get more people. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so more where that came from. Yeah. Yeah, more where that, I'll just make more, you know, kill all you want. We'll make more. Um, so that to me from certainly from my position of, of kind of how I, how I uh, judge the uh, rightness and wrongness of decisions seems like there were options that could have potentially been more beneficial um, to yep. the thousand, the thousand people being um, killed every day. <laughs> right. There you go. Right. That, that is true. So, so I'm going to give a low rating on this one. I, I'm going to give a three and I do feel like the, the good yep. things that were done were sort of done because they were sort of told to, and they were, they were done sort of without a lot of deliberation. It was like, eh, we were told to come down here and make some stuff. So <laughs> let's do That's it. Um, that, that there wasn't yep. Yep. a lot of, of purpose to the good things that were done. They were sort of accidental. Um, and, and, and to me, the the whatever nobility there is in in going to rescue your wife, um, then leaving her in the underworld because she's not that hot anymore, um, kind of has some has some counterweight to that, and, <laughs> and it's redeemed a little bit by then going and and retreating from the world. But it it is sort of a grim ending um and some yep. grimness all around with the i haven't even touched on the the baby flinging um, <laughs> and the baby beheading neither of which are are really things i can weigh heavily now the three seems high when i go over it um but again because we are very early in the season i don't want to go too low so i'm going to go with a three I, I'll, I'll match that I'll, I'll match that. i think that seems seems very can't score above average above median marks uh, uh but there was some good things and, and you know who knows there there may be ones i certainly know from past seasons i've i've handled worse so some of the greeks 
uh, he, 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 he'd probably be above average for a Greek. Uh, so, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that and, and, and we'll give him the three, uh, six. So he has got, uh, 22, 28 now in total. Uh, and, and we'll, we'll see. Out of a possible 60. Yes. Okay. Out of a possible 60. Uh, so now we go to iconography. Uh, so iconography is, you know, their legacy, uh, today. Uh, what kind of an icon they are now. Uh, and this is going to be a little bit different. Obviously, Japan is less well-known in the English-speaking world, but there, there are some uh, parts of it in, in more modern pop culture that, that come over. Uh, but I'm also going to weigh uh, some things from Japan and, and, and how big they are, uh, their image is in modern-day Japan. So, uh, so in terms of the name Izanagi, uh, there is a... Japanese professional wrestler whose ring name is Izanagi, uh, while his, that is his second ring name. Originally, he, his name was Tiger Mask, but now he wrestles as Izanagi. Uh, so Izanagi is also the name of a Japanese film fest in Romania. So if you wanted to go to that, uh, there is an Izanagi in the Hedgehog in Sonic the Hedgehog universe, uh, and that he appears in the series Mario and Sonic uh, with the Equestria Girls' journey beyond New Earth. So there, there, there's the character Izanagi the Hedgehog, uh, named, named in honor. Uh, and there is an automated stock trading program known as Izanagi, for, for some world, for some reason. And I have a little description of that, which I'll give to you. So it says, Izanagi is an automated trading program where we poured in our years of experience in trading and all of our strengths are seen as a result of the bot. So Lloyd Bazar of Financial Freedom 101 uh, pioneered Izanagi between him and his co-creators, our years of experience in trading and coaching and Izanagi was built to continue their belief in helping people learn, earn in trading, even if their time cannot allow them to watch the markets full time. So it is a is a trading bot. Uh, known it seems as, like it's it's beckoning me to lose my money. Yes, it is. It is. It is uh, beckoning you to give over some fees. Uh, so I, I de- don't know exactly how that works there. Now, in uh, the Pacific Rim, uh, there is the Izanagi subduction, uh, and that is an underwater fault line in the Pacific Ocean. I know what subdu- my I know what subduction is. That's actually that's an exciting one for me. So that's that's a big one. That's actually the biggest one we've got. Uh, I looked at names, and so apparently it is not common in Japan. Uh, to name one's children after mythical, uh, mythological uh, gods, and it is I could not find. I think uh, it was in the teens. The number in in the United States of America, it it, it was I, I don't have the number written down, but it was like sixteen to eighteen people. 
in total. I'm shocked it's that high. <laughs> so because so, if it's not a common name in Japan, no. having it having it be carried over um outside of Japan seems no. even more, especially if there's not I mean, maybe they're named after the wrestler or potentially the hedgehog. Yeah. Um so Right. So there, there are some characters beyond this that are in some of the modern uh literature, the modern anime. Uh, will come up when, when mythology is discussed, is discussed, but not not terribly prominent. Um, and uh, yeah, so that that's that's kind of it. There there are we, there are a few shrines to this day, uh, as I discussed, uh, which maybe are, are the more important ones, but they're not the biggest ones uh, in, in the country. Um, and even at those, he kind of takes a second seat to his wife in. in in the biggest one in terms of the, the festivals. So um, I, I think it's kind of, you know, for somebody who kind of created or, or had a very strong hand in creating Japan, I don't think it's great. Um, no. So I'm going to go with the three. I can see where you're coming from the, the potential to have so many more things uh, kind of hearkening back to to the creator of the land seems like there's a lot of potential there i, I am a, a a geography nerd and so having <laughs> a subduction named after you that is i mean that's creating new land now that's a ah, major because uh, that's it a connection slips yeah under and there, so there's basically a rift where one plate is slipping under another so yep. and then um it, so it's 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 pretty impressive. Um, I, again, I, without knowing, does everybody else in in the Japanese pantheon have a subduction um, zone or or some sort of fault line? Yeah, it's hard to know. I I'm going to give a five really for okay. that because that is not ephemeral. That is not pop pop culture. That is that is a major feature that would be kind of um, using this name across cultures around the world and and doing some significant uh movement even now so so i'm gonna go for a all right just for that all right so that is that interesting so that that is an eight and now we get to our last category which is uh matinee idol all right so we'll see how this one goes i did things a, a little bit different not quite as as elaborate a story on this one um because I think we can kind of allow you to imagine your own scenarios uh, in this. Um, but in season one and two, you know, we, Matt and I would present two possible films or limited series about the deity. Uh, theoretically, representing the best visual storytelling arc we could imagine for that de- deity. And, and uh, longtime listeners can make their own judgments about how close we came to that ideal. Um it's possible on occasion we may have strayed a little bit uh, from that formula. So this will be a little bit the same, though. Uh, just rated from 1 to 10 scale, uh, where where 10 is cinematic nirvana, and 1 is uh, where you force yourself to go to sleep so that it will be over sooner. Uh, and uh, I have done that. <laughs> I, know, I know that you have. Uh, and so... Uh, so easily the most compelling storyline that I, I thought around Izanagi is that trip to the underworld. I don't think you need to do a limited series. Uh, but I, I think, you know, 
you you can kind of start in medias ray. Uh, you get ethereal whispers that echo as as Izanagi is, is traveling down into the underworld, haunted by by dread, and and uh, he, he's going through the labyrinth of shadows. You know, and he pauses, uh, waiting to see if that that hags of hell are are, are following him. Um, hear their kind of their voices off in the distance taunting him as they close behind him and then so this is actually this is this is starting after he he's uh he's seen seen his wife and then we will kind of flash back uh later so he he's running for his life towards the mouth of the yomi with the hags of hell are close behind and, and then you get kind of a record scratch i may have made a terrible mistake so then we cut back to Izanami. So that's that's how you start, and then you cut back to Izanami, uh, pregnant with uh, Kagutsuchi, uh, the fire god, and Izanagi kind of narrates, you know, how happy they were, uh, give or take a leech baby or two, uh, how how they created these cool islands called Japan, and everything was good, uh, and then you have that uh, birth of the fire god, Izanami's. Uh, death um you know which you want to handle with something a little delicacy nothing nothing too graphic uh and then uh get you know really kind of draw out his 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 journey to find uh the omi and and his journey uh down there which eventually comes back to uh you know the meeting with izanami and, and things going terribly wrong and uh and then uh his uh and then back into where where he's being pursued and, and the divorce so it's got there's no happy end there's no way to have a happy ending to that story uh and then and then the the ends with the the divorce so yeah it's it's a journey it's it's a uh a, a epic tale but uh yeah so that that's that's what i had uh, i don't know if you thought if you while you've been here if you thought of any, any differences or anything that I missed, or if you would have gone in a different direction. Yeah, a little bit different direction, and and don't take this as any any comment on our relationship or, <laughs> or anything like that. I I I get sort of dark comedy vibes from it, um, yeah. and I think about there was a movie called The War of the Roses yeah. that was actually quite controversial when it came out because it was you know it. Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner, who were quite the kind of romantic comedy duo at the time in this horrible, horrible, bitter divorce where they escalate kind of the things against each other and you see their lives falling apart and it ends, no spoilers, um, unhappily <laughs> for everyone. And and Danny DeVito's there too. So so you can't go wrong. So so there is something sort of hapless in in some of the the kind of origin of, of this marriage and kind of we're sent here and there's no one else and you know what are you going to do and yeah. you got to fling your leech baby and then so it, it's yeah. it, there's a darkness but there's also um i think some potential for like how did this go so wrong and you either play it as a tragedy or as as a dark comedy so yeah. I, I do think that the the it's got the classic journey story which you see coming up every you know in in other kind of mythological traditions as well as 
you know, Star Wars. <laughs> um, so it's a it's it's a classic arc um, with just with an unhappy ending. So I, I think there's a lot of potential there for a compelling uh, a compelling story. Yep. Yeah, so so- I would give this. Oh, do you want me? No, to go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Right. Yeah, go ahead. I I would give the story an eight. I think there's a ton of wow. potential for. Well, you know, it's not too. Yeah. I, no, I no, no, that's good. No, it's good. Um, well, you know, you know, I, I think it's going to be hard for him to, to to get in the pantheon, even with my eight. <laughs> um, but I think that story, even whether whether it's played for tears or whether it's it's played for laughing through tears, um, is is very well structured. That it yep. has kind of a, a a good, as I said, arc to it, um, and compelling characters, great special effects, um, you know, frightening peaches. What more could you ask for? So yeah. I, that that's why I'm going to give this one an eight. Yeah, you you may be able to get some sponsorship on on this one from uh from the Peach Council. Uh, they may, may be able to put some money for it. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit lower, but you talk to me. There's a lot of potential to go different ways of as the straight uh, journey story, or you know, I do th- I do see that that dark comedy uh, in it. You know, certainly his his escape from the underworld has has comedic an- elements in it uh, for sure, and, and there is a bit of a hapless ele- element uh, to him. Uh, so, I, but I'm going to go a little bit lower. Uh, I'm going to go six on this. So uh, that is 14 there. And we had eight in the previous. Uh, so that, that gives us, uh, let's see. So we had 36. So we, we are right at 50. If I, yep. If I've done the math correctly. And then I'll check that after, after the show. Uh, but yeah, that that is fifty out of a hundred. So he is kind of we, we got him kind of he's high and low in different things, but he's kind of a median kind of deity. So we'll see how that holds up. Yeah, unless this is more like high school geometry, and and that's a failing grade. <laughs> yes. So I I don't remains to be seen what the what the the standards are, what the yeah. what the curve is. But I can't imagine this would be incredibly high. No, no. So, but an uh, interesting one to start off. And I think I certainly learned a little bit about the Japanese pantheon and uh, about how death came into the world, uh, how islands are formed, uh, and uh, where leech babies come from. So, is leech baby going to get his own episode? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, he is, in fact, uh, going to. He changes his name. They, they called him Hiroku was here, but he, he gains another name uh, later. Episode. He's never quite fully healthy, but he, he does uh, form some bones uh, and, and becomes the god of fishermen. All right. So, that's an underdog story. I look forward to that. Uh, good. Well, Anna, thank you very much for uh, joining me in this. Thank you for episode. having me. I'm trying to do my part for the world. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, all right. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Listen to us, iTunes. Uh, I don't think they have Stitcher anymore, but uh, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you're listening now. Uh, tell a friend, uh, rate us, review, and uh, we will see you, hear from you. You will hear us later. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.